Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world, with the most candid interviews, unforgettable stories, taking you beyond the ropes. Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Matt Adams. I think life is about choices. Guys made choices to go and play live. Guys made choices to stay here. And, you know, you, if people still have eligibility on this tour and they want to come back and play or you want to try to do something, let them come back. I mean, I don't, I don't think, I think it's hard to punish people. Um, I don't think there should be a punishment for, I, I'm obviously I've changed my tune on that because I see where golf is and I see that having a diminished PGA Tour and having a diminished Live Tour or anything else is is bad for both parties. Be much better being together and moving forward together for the good of the game. Legion 13. I wanted to want to go down like the warrior spirit type thing and uh, you know I've always liked Greek and Roman history and mythology but the actual Legion 13 was a legion that was very faithful to Julius Caesar on his way back to Rome to you know, to take over, for lack of a better word, to become emperor, right? So uh, that the sense of loyalty and togetherness and being a team uh, with one goal, you know, charging towards, towards winning was uh, something that I really liked. Even though there was a lot of names that I liked, like the, the Spanish Armada I liked, but that would only make sense in my mind if four of us were Spanish. Right. Um, the Matadors, that was good, but that was Seve's nickname. It was the Matador, right? So there was a couple other names that were really fun, but uh, I just, I don't know. I, I didn't feel like it was truly me in that sense, and that's how we ended up with this. Welcome into the Fairways of Life show, folks. Absolute delight to have your company from wherever you are joining us. My name is Matt Adams. Uh, Dom and Andrew are behind the glass. So the sound that you just heard, first of all, from Rory, you will hear it uh, more so in just a few moments. I'm going to go deep into Rory McIlroy's press conference at Pebble Beach yesterday. The piece with John Rahm, I found it on Golf.com's Instagram account, talking about Legion 13 and what that name means and the significance of it. We'll get more into his team, fully assembled now, announced to the world in just a moment. But first, Golf Central has reported that a deal with the strategic sports group is imminent. It is valued at $1.5 billion and possibly as high as $2 billion. Golf Week is reporting that a tour player advisory council call is scheduled at 8 a.m. Eastern time this morning should already be underway. Additionally, PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan has invited members of all three tours to participate in an important and timely, quote, close quote, update during a conference call scheduled for 9.30 a.m. today. The status of negotiations between the DP World Tour, the PGA Tour, and the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia are unclear, but sources are reporting that progress is being made. Now, as to John Rahm's announcement of his team, Legion 13, he said yesterday it will include the recently signed Terrell Hatton. Hatton, of course, the 16th-ranked player in the world. Caleb Surratt, who is a sophomore at Tennessee. He will turn professional for the opportunity. Surratt is the 10th-ranked player, uh, amateur player, currently in the world. He was a member of the 2023 Walker Cup team as well. And then finally, 
Kieran Vincent, who was one of three players to qualify for the league via the Live Golf Promotions event, 26-year-old Vincent is from Zimbabwe. He won the 2023 International Series Vietnam. He played collegiate golf at Liberty University in Virginia, where he was the Big South Conference Rookie of the Year in 2017. Uh, John Rahm is scheduled to amongst to address the media today. There are a number of different teams, and we'll get into the press conference schedule uh, for you now. Legion 13 will be at 3 p.m. Crushers at 3.30 p.m. And then tomorrow, because remember, it's a Friday start, Torque and Fireballs at 3 p.m. and 3.30 p.m., uh, respectively, from Maya Coba. If you go on to the Fairways of Life YouTube channel tomorrow, you can see John Rom's full press conference Posted there. Now, as to Rory McElroy, he ad- did address the media at Pebble Beach yesterday. He was asked a number of intriguing questions, of which we just showed you a little glimpse of an answer. Uh, he was asked, uh, having DJ and John Rahm, etc., out of the Pebble Beach Pro Am, does it cheapen the field? In terms of a win there, fascinating conversation and response. Thoughts on live players competing again on the PGA Tour. What was his discussion with Terrell and would it have been different had it taken place a year ago? Given his success since leaving the board, does he wish that he had done it sooner? And then this, with Terrell going to live, are you becoming numb to these moves at this point? Look, at the end of the day, everyone needs to do what's right for them. I had a long talk with Terrell on Sunday completely understood where he was coming from. I've sort of been, you know, I've talked to him quite a bit about it over the past month. Um, And it got to the point where they, you know, negotiated and got to a place where he was comfortable with. And, you know, he has to do what he feels is right for him. So, like, I'm, you know, I'm not going to stand in anyone's way from from making money. Uh, And if what they deem life-changing money, like, absolutely. Um, But, you know, I think the the delay of TGL was a blessing in disguise. I think 10 months is a long time, especially in the game of golf right now. And, you know, who knows what the, the landscape's going to look like in, in, uh, in 10 months' time. So um, I think at this point, all I see is opportunity. Um, I, I certainly think that there's, there's tons of opportunity within the game to, to do great things. And, um, you know, who knows? You know, Terrell might still play TGL in 10 months time depending on what happens I, I think I said this when I when I did um, step off I'm I'm happy being busy I just uh, like to be busy doing the things that I think are um, not worth it I think that's the wrong way to, to phrase it but more um, I just didn't feel like um, I could influence things the way I wanted to, and I felt like I was just banging my head against the wall, and um, it was it was time for me to, to step off and, and sort of concentrate on my own stuff. Yeah, I think they're different than a year ago because, you know, we're potentially about to do a, a deal with PIF, who own the large majority of LIV, and, and sort of hopefully seeing things come back together here at some point. So. Yeah, I think the nature of the of the conversation was probably different than it would have been a year ago. Absolutely. Um, and again, I said, like I said to him, just like I said to John, like I'm totally supportive of your decision if that's what you feel is the right thing for you. And um, look, these are guys that I've you know spent a lot of time with, and um, 
I guess I've, you know, I've said this before, but I've come to the realization is I, I'm, I'm not here to change people's minds. I'm here to just try to, especially when I was at the board level, trying to give them the full picture of where things are at and, and hopefully where things are going to go. Um, they can do with that information what they want, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, I think I'm done with trying to change people's minds and trying to get them to see things a certain way or try to see things through my lens because that's ultimately not the way the world works. And, um, you know, these are guys that, that I respect and that I've spent a lot of time with. And if that's what they feel is the best decision for them, then I'm, I'm going to, you know, be supportive of that decision and, and let them go and do their own thing. I think life is about choices. Guys made choices to go and play live. Guys made choices to stay here. And, you know, you if people still have eligibility on this tour and they want to come back and play or you want to try to do something, let them come back. I mean, I don't, I don't think, I think it's hard to punish people. Um, I don't think there should be a punishment for, I, I'm obviously I've changed my tune on that because I see where golf is and I see that having a diminished PGA Tour and having a diminished Live Tour or anything else is is bad for both parties. Be much better being together and moving forward together for the good of the game. Um, and that's that's my that's my opinion of it. So, you know, the, to me, the faster that we can all get back together and start to play and, you know, start to have, you know, the strongest feels possible, I think is great for golf. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to win here and stand up with a trophy on 18 green and know that I've beaten all of the best players in the world. So, yeah. Rory McIlroy, definitely with a sense of an olive branch with his comments to the media now relative to golf coming together and the prospects of the same. And we may be finding out more in just a little while as to some of those stages of so-called golf coming together, which if it includes the strategic sports group, Will that be something that will be announced within hours? That remains to be seen. We shall find out more, and we will continue to keep you updated on how negotiations, in as much as we know, are progressing with Live and the public investment fund that owns them. Now, weather out at Pebble has been a big story early on this week because, Dom, I guess it's looking quite ominous. What do we know at this hour? At this hour, we know it's not good. <laughs> I'm going to read the PGA Tour's official forecast extended forecast wind advisory 7 a.m to 4 7 a.m wednesday to 4 a.m thursday an approaching cold front will bring moderate to heavy rain and windy conditions wednesday afternoon into wednesday night southerly winds are expected to increase to 20 to 30 gusting to 40 to 45 miles per head 45 miles per hour ahead of the front on wednesday afternoon with one to three inches of rain expected through thursday Showers and isolated thunderstorms will continue Thursday before moving to widely scattered showers on Friday, and drier conditions will return on Saturday before the next system brings another round of heavy rain and wind on Sunday. So we are looking at rain, serious rain, lots of rain, and wind, serious wind, 45-mile-per-hour gusts. I mean, Sunday's forecast right now, South-southeast, 25 to 30 mile-per-hour winds gusting at 50. And it is not 75 degrees, folks. 50. We are looking at temperatures into mid to low 50s. So, so, so not good. The answer is not good, Matt. 
Now, I don't know what your question of the day today is, Don, but after that forecast, I'm hoping that your question of the day is, do you like to see professionals struggle in weather (laughs) conditions like that? Right? 50 miles an hour. We're talking about going back to 1992 and Tom Kite winning the U.S. Open there. Except it was sunny then. I think a more pertinent question. It's, I, this is not the question of the day. I'll give you the question of the day in a second. But you're making me think about this. A more pertinent question is, would you play in that weather if you got to play in the Pro-Am? I think a fair number of people would say no to that. If I, I said to so. you, you can, play, you can play in the Pro-Am, but it's gusting 47 miles per hour and it's yes. raining and it's 51 degrees. I would say no to that. I, I would say Dominic. no to that. <laughs> Dominic. All right, what's your question? I'm not, I'm not interested in playing in driving rain 40 miles per hour. No, thank you. No, Stop thank it, Dominic. You but play. I, I, so this is my question. Hold on. This is my question of the day. All right. Do you like John Rahm's new team name, Legion 13? Right now, it's 85% yes. However, we have some comments coming in about their logo. Andrew, put their logo on the screen. This is their new Legion 13 logo, Okay. Andrew's, Andrew's uh, working on the fly today. I told him to get this 30 seconds ago, so we'll see how this kinda goes. kind of looks cool, to tell so, you the truth. So I'm hearing people complaining. They're saying they, they stole the logo from, P- I'm, I'm going to say this wrong, the car brand, Peugeot. Peugeot. Yeah, whatever. That, look at that. What do we think? Andrew, can we put that close together? Well, there's a lot of lions that are used Andrew's in a trying, lot of different also, logos. Well, also, also, for those of you... Kids of the 90s, kids of the 80s, the Thundercats. That is the Thundercat logo. That's what is I mean. That stealing? You can't... How are we feeling about this? No one, no one has, has the rights to use just a lion head. I mean, MGM used it for years, the big roaring lion. Theirs wasn't, wasn't also, just a silhouette. Also, pink is an interesting but... choice there. Like, Andrew made, like, the, the, the Legionnaires, like, the Roman, like, it should be red. Shouldn't it be red? I don't know. I don't get it. What about, anyway, what about the three lions the with, the with uh, England, too? That's kind of a silhouette from the uh, side. There's yes, more of them kind of holding up their Andrew paws in that, that picture. one. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't tell I like it. To get I think picture. it's. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I think the it's cool. I think his logo... reason for doing it is very, very cool indeed. When we come back, we're going to be joined by a veteran campaigner amongst the world's professional tours. The Fairways of Life show is presented by the PGA Tour Superstore. Yep, they're the number one golf retailer from coast to coast, and there's a reason. It's because their people are the best. You can shop with the pros at the PGA Tour Superstore. Relax. Easy now. Find your happy place. It's all in the hips. Just tap it in. Yes! Find the latest clubs and apparel at Golf's Happy Place, the PGA Tour Superstore. In Ireland, golf is more than just a game. Come and experience our world-famous Lynx courses and our world-famous Parkland courses, all set alongside world-famous scenery. And visit our world-famous historic sites. And while you're here, enjoy our world-famous hospitality. Fill your heart with Ireland at ireland.com forward slash golf. It screams. It tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the Bridgestone Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover. 
Designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer to your wedges. Try Bridgestone's Tour Bees. The Tour Ball reinvented. The Gen 6 iron is a culmination of everything that we have learned as a team. The absolute best golf club I've ever hit. It's something special. Say hello to the new PXG Gen 6 iron. The longest, most accurate irons we've ever made. They go higher and farther than any iron that I have hit to date, and they're so easy to hit. Super excited for the consumer to try this. They're going to love them. PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. Baseball? Nah. Football? Done it. I think I'm gonna go after the PGA Tour. Bo, you're gonna need the right equipment company. I think I got that. You know Tour Edge backs all their clubs with a lifetime warranty. I know. They ship all their premium custom clubs in 48 hours. I know. All their premium clubs are hand-built in the USA. I know. You know Tour Edge has won 35 times out here. Guys, I know. Pound for pound, nothing comes close. Boyne Golf provides the ultimate world-class golf destination with 10 championship caliber courses spanning three resorts. Centered in Michigan's northern lower peninsula, the courses are the products of some of the game's masters, including Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross. From the all-inclusive vacation packages, elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled Michigan golf vacation experience. Just log on to boynegolf.com. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show. Hope you guys are having a great Wednesday, getting ready for golf to get underway in just hours from now. Marina Alex is an LPGA Tour player, multiple-time winner on the LPGA Tour. She's had 224 starts on the circuit. She was a member of the 2019 United States Solheim Cup team, 31 career top 10s, Vanderbilt alum. She's fifth on tour in driving accuracy last year. Get this, 83.5% over the entire season. That is insane. Marina, what's going on? How have you been? Good morning. How are you? I'm okay. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. How are you? Good. I'm doing well. So the body is strong, though. The back is good? Yes. Knock on – well, I don't have a lot of wood in here right now, but knock on that, that um, everything has been really kind of – I guess for the – good part of a year everything's been pretty solid so i'm when, hoping that that kind of stays on on track yeah when you were kind of at the depths of it the deepest valley of mm. of hoping that all of that would come back and and you'd get healthy again did it go through your mind that you might not did it start to go through your mind that you might have to find another path definitely and i think the hardest part of that was it kind of overlapped with the covid year so it was a little bit of like a double whammy in terms of not playing a whole lot, but not really, I couldn't play that much. And it, so it, it, it was a bit of a struggle. You know, I was, I was home quite a bit, but I also wasn't really going out and doing a whole lot either way. Um, so I think that was kind of a, a definitely a, a bit of an isolation solitude period, but I think it always crosses an athlete's mind when they're dealing with any kind of an injury. Uh, you, you just don't know what the future holds, you know, it may come back and you may be at full strength again, or it may not be. I mean, that's kind of just the, the unknown of, of what lies ahead. And 
and you work towards getting back to whatever was, I guess, you know, before the injury. And it's never really the same, but I think you start a new baseline and you start a new feeling of what is good, a good feeling for me and, and where am I going to be, you know, in terms of peak strength and performance. And I mean, after a couple of years of working hard on that, I feel like I've found that and I don't want to jinx it by any means, but I'm hoping that that's kind of where we stay. Do you ever think, uh, Marina, about the road less traveled that where you would be if you weren't a professional? Uh, sometimes, but it's, it's getting harder and harder to kind of figure out what that road would have been. Um, you know, I'm in my 11th year on the LPGA. I played a year on the Epson. So that's 12 years as a pro. And then my four years of college golf were kind of all in, I feel like the pursuit of professional golf. So, you know, now that I'm 12 years into this, I, I'm not really sure people ask me that question and I'm like, I can't really comprehend like what my life would be um, had I not been doing this profession for so long. You know, maybe if you had asked me that when I was in my first couple of years on tour, I might've had a better sense of, you know, things that I were, was interested in and, and what I liked. You know, I, I always felt like when I was in school, I, I attempted, I started to study economics. I, I, didn't, I didn't really follow through with that. It was a little harder than I could have imagined just with class scheduling and and staying on top of studying um, that, you know, maybe I was going to do something in the finance world, but I, and I look, I look back on, on that concept now. And it's like, I, that, I, that feels so far removed for me. Um, not saying that, that, that may not be something, you know, that the future may hold like down the road. I have no idea, but um, it's really hard to picture my life in a different way. So when you talk about that, you've been out there for now over a decade, and you hmm. think about a young Marina Alex coming out of school, scarred from her economics <laughs> education efforts. Yes. <laughs> if you could go back in time and you could give advice to your younger self at that point in your early 20s now, trying to make it as a touring professional with all the experience that you've had, whether it's good or whether it's bad, what advice would you give? I think... Um maybe to just slow down a little bit, you know, in my first few years, I felt like uh, the performance anxiety and the, and the pressure to, you know, keep your card, but to, to do well, to kind of prove to yourself and to your peers that, you know, you belong on tour and that you are a good player. I think that that kind of occupied a lot of my time in my first few years. I always felt like I, and not that I doubted my abilities, so to speak, but I felt like I needed to provide results to kind of back that, to show that, you know, I, it's not a fluke that I play well, you know, in these events or that I am, um, you know, and I think that I look at my career and, you know, you look at 31 top tens, I think that kind of consistency, you know, shows a little bit for itself. But even after I won in 2018, I was like, okay, I mean, it's great. It's amazing. You're, you're never going to trade a win for anything. And a lot of players, go through their entire career and they never have a win at the highest level. But for me, I was like, is that going to be the only win? You know, it, it, there, there's always that doubt. And I think if I could go back and tell myself some things, it's to, to not let that kind of doubt negativity, however you want to look at it, um, you know, kind of propel me. And I think in some ways it did, it was motivating, but it's also, it's kind of like a hard thing to carry around. I just feel like you're constantly trying to feel like you belong where you are and, I think I would have probably enjoyed a little bit more had I not been so concerned with some of that stuff. 
when you use the phrase doubt uh, in in in, hmm. in your confidence level and everything that it impacts, are yeah. you naturally a positive person? Were there times that you felt kind of victimized by circumstance, or where do you stand with that in, in how it manifests itself in your golf game? Of course. Yeah, I think I kind of way towards the tendency of of not being positive um i think i'm a very realist and i'm a pretty pragmatic person like if i look at let's say i'm looking at you know some of the best players in the world and what they do well even even now you know from like an ability or, or a skill standpoint like i'm not blind to the fact that there are some things that i just cannot do right um with a golf ball and and some people can and you know that's that's incredible for them um i don't I'm not necessarily saying that that like I look at that as a negative, but I also look at it like realistically with what I'm limited to. And then what I've been trying to do in this off season, which I feel like a, a little glimpse of that has come successfully is like not take those limitations and turn them into, you know, maybe I'm not going to do as well all the time. Like I'm trying to use, what would be a limitation, let's say like, for instance, distance off the tee, like I just don't hit it as far as a lot of players do now. And especially as the younger players are coming out, the game is just getting longer and longer. We see it on the men's game and it's definitely apparent in the women's game as well. So instead of looking at, you know, okay, I have long clubs into most of these holes. Um, how am I going to get really, really good with that? So I'm trying to rescript some of what I would maybe consider like a negative or just like, um, you know, a hurdle that I need to jump, you know, trying to figure out how I become very good with the clubs that I have in hand often. And the stats may not show that, you know, hitting a five hybrid or a four hybrid is going to be better than an eight iron. So, but I don't really have the option because that's the clubs that I have in. So it's like, I really need to become more um, kind of control and like kind of own that I feel like in in the sense of my game and be a bit more positive optimistic and confident in in that I you know I can hit those shots well and I think it, there's been some maturity and some growth and some change and and just how I am looking at myself and my career versus maybe how I did you know four or five years ago do you think it's it's healthy now that we talk more about professional athletes and mental health and and Definitely. what you're thinking and how you're thinking and going out and getting the help that you need to go down the pathways that you want. Absolutely. I mean, you know, just in a small little microcosm of itself last year, you know, the win in 22 was amazing. And that was kind of like a very, um, it just felt like a full circle moment, you know, 2020 was a very low year for everyone, but, you know, dealing with not playing, I think I played four times in that whole season and I came back in 21 and I was really proud of like just being out there competing and getting through a full year with really no setbacks. But I knew that my game was, you know, really rusty, even throughout the entire season. I just felt like I never got the competitive edge that I was kind of looking for that I had, you know, prior to COVID and all that. And so to get a win in 22 was like incredible. And I felt like it was a lot of work put into that and then it was okay you know the goal a goal has been reached but then it, it it applies like an insurmountable amount of expectations and I'm definitely one that has a difficult time kind of managing those expectations so 
I think that at that point I was like, oh, wow, Solheim Cup is like a possibility again. And then it went down the expectation route. And, it, you know, and it doesn't really manifest itself initially. You know, that whole rest of the year of 22 was solid. But then once 23, 23 started, I was like, okay, it's crunch time. And I could see myself, but I just couldn't really get out of my own way from a a performance anxiety, from, um, you know, pressure to do well enough to make the team. It's like I felt like if I had gotten there, I would have been – uh, you know, it would have been great. Uh, it's not so much the the nerves of competing in the event itself. It's the act of getting there and qualifying for it. And I think that really took a hold. Um, and it, I mean, I played poorly from, you know, mid-summer, like all the way through September. And then at that point, it didn't even become about Solheim. You know, it, it, it was like other things were kind of rearing their ugly head, so to speak, that um, when the season ended, as much as I was upset that you know I didn't make tour championship and it was I think on paper probably one of my worst seasons of of my career which is a weird thing to say after a win in 22 I was kind of relieved that it was over because I was like I need a break and I need to re um you know redo the game plan mentally on how I'm approaching golf and how I am on the golf course because it's just it what was what I was attempting to do was not working and it was making matters worse so yeah, I mean, we're we're all dealing with that, and I'm sure you could pull a million golfers and a million athletes across the board, and you know, expectations, performance anxiety, pressures we put on ourselves, uh, they're real, and a lot of times, if you don't, if they go unchecked, they really can take over all at, all facets of your life. Fascinating stuff. Um, Marina Alex will continue with this dialogue right on the other side of this. More of the Fairways of Life show coming up. Easy now. Find your happy place. It's all in the hips. Just tap it in. Yes! Find the latest clubs and apparel at Golf's Happy Place, the PGA Tour Superstore. In Ireland, golf is more than just a game. Come and experience our world-famous Lynx courses and our world-famous Parkland courses. All set alongside world-famous scenery. And visit our world-famous historic sites. And while you're here, enjoy our world-famous hospitality. Fill your heart with Ireland at ireland.com forward slash golf. It screams. It tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the Bridgestone Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer to your wedges. Try Bridgestone's Tour Bs, the Tour Ball reinvented. The Gen 6 Iron is a culmination of everything that we have learned as a team. The absolute best golf club I've ever hit. It's something special. Say hello to the new PXG Gen 6 Iron. The longest, most accurate irons we've ever made. They go higher and farther than any iron that I have hit to date, and they're so easy to hit. Super excited for the consumer to try this. They're going to love them. PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. Baseball? Nah. Football? Done it. 
I think I'm going to go after the PGA Tour. Bo, you're going to need the right equipment company. I think I got that. You know Tour Edge backs all their clubs with a lifetime warranty. I know. They ship all their premium custom clubs in 48 hours. I know. All their premium clubs are hand-built in the USA. I know. You know Tour Edge has won 35 times out here. Guys, I know. Pound for pound, nothing comes close. Boyne Golf provides the ultimate world-class golf destination with 10 championship-caliber courses spanning three resorts. Centered in Michigan's northern Lower Peninsula, the courses are the products of some of the game's masters, including Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross. From the all-inclusive vacation packages, elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled Michigan golf vacation experience. Just log on to BoyneGolf.com. Zero Friction introduces the Wheel Pro Push Cart Golf Bag with its revolutionary three-in-one design, supportive legs that spring into action, a comfort grip handle with three locking positions, accessories for the modern golfer enhanced by seven pockets for more storage, and removable all-terrain wheels which slide right into place. The new Zero Friction Wheel Pro Golf Bag checks every box for every golfer. Push, carry, or cart. The decision is yours thanks to Zero Friction. Head to ZeroFriction.com today. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show. Our guest, multiple-time winner on the LPGA, Marina Alex, was joining us from a very stark background. Marina, are you home? Are you in a hotel somewhere? I'm home. <laughs> I'm not big on interior design. <laughs> you, you don't have any pictures on the walls there? No, I do, but I, I, need, I would need to walk around and show you where they are, and I don't, I don't necessarily want to do that right now. But um, I was just telling Don before I do have I have, do have a really cool thing on the wall, but it's in what? a place that I couldn't sit under. Um, my boyfriend for my birthday, he put together a really nice. Um, it's like my credential and my yardage book from the U.S. Open at Pebble, and we got a really nice poster that there was like a hand drawn picture of number seven and so he put it all together and he framed it and it, we finally put it up on the wall and it looks really nice but it's kind of like in this little nook or area that there is no light and I can't sit under I it. can see your eyes looking up to the right can you see it from where yeah. you're sitting yeah do you want me to show you yeah spin it spin it around okay. show us this thing hold on let me just bring myself you hardly have any pictures up anywhere no, I don't. I don't have the pictures anywhere. Oh, that is really nice. Yeah, it's really nice. So I don't know. Let me try and get this. Yeah, I'm here. just said to be a good. I'm like working backwards with my laugh. Okay, hey, I, but while you're settling back <laughs> in again, here, 83.5%. Oh, that's a really nice shot right there. Yeah. Did is. he frame that and himself, so or did he have that professionally done? I'm not really sure. It also has my credential and my one note for number seven was, hold on, uh, below pin. <laughs> yeah. Good advice. Good advice. You should send that out to everybody playing Pebble Beach next few days. Up to below 50 mile per hour winds that they're going to be having. I was going to ask you though, 83.5% driving accuracy. So in the last segment, when you were talking to us about 
kind of haves and have nots, right? That, that you recognize mm-hmm. there are things that some people can do with a golf ball that you can't, but there are things that you can do, even if it's with a hybrid that can match someone say with an eight iron. When it comes to that 83.5%, the first thing that tells me whether you're conscious of it or not is your face being square through impact that you have the ability to control the, the, the movement and shape of your golf ball. How conscious of you are, are you of that and how hard do you work on making sure that your positions are exactly where you want them to be? I, I think that, you know, I work on that. I think a lot of golfers in general are working on that. Um, I feel like in women's golf, the game in general, and maybe just because we're swinging at a, a bit of a lower s- swing speed overall with a driver, our club face awareness and our control, especially off the tee, is really, it's exceptional when you look at on a whole, you know, the entire LPGA, like sure, I've hit 83% of the fairways, but I mean, if you look at the top 50%, I still don't think that number dips like very much below 75%, which is insane. And I would say on the PGA tour, like if, I mean, I don't know what the leading percentage was off the tee, but it, it might even be less than what our 50th um, most accurate LPGA player is. And I think it's just our, our awareness at the speed that we are swinging is really, really high end. I mean, we know exactly where the ball is going, um, whether that's hitting a little draw or a little fade. Uh, for the most part, you have, you know, pretty, pretty good control off the tee. And, you know, it, the courses are, are long. Um, relatively speaking, you know, the clubs that we are hitting in on an average are longer clubs than I would say the average PGA Tour player is hitting into their par fours in regulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, hitting fairways are, is paramount once we're once you're in the rough um it, it's very hard for most of us on tour to generate the height and the spin out of the rough you know to hold greens um effectively so hitting out of the fairway is is pretty essential to having a good scoring day and i i mean for the most part i i, I still feel like our fairways could be a touch narrower on an average on on the lpga not not necessarily in the major championships i think they're really, um, you know, they're they're laying out that course correctly in terms of fairway width and the height of the rough and all that to make it a challenge. But I even feel like on a week-to-week basis, um, we could pinch our fairways in a little bit and, and really kind of maybe differentiate a little bit from who the really good drivers of the golf ball are and who maybe are okay drivers, but, you know, the width, the length, the width of the fairways still afford them um, shots you know, into the green, but you I feel... mean, over, go ahead. Sure. Marine. Go ahead. No, 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 it's okay. Interrupt you. No, uh, that, that is not really that important. <laughs> do you feel, this is why we love Marina. <laughs> do you feel that the LPGA is in a good place right now? Is it in a better place, say, than when you joined it? I think so. I mean, the level of competition is outstanding. Um, probably the best I've ever seen in in the last 11 years. And I think that that's only going to continue to become better with just the young players coming in, players off the European tour who have really been superstars, um, players from the Korean LPGA and the Japanese LPGA. They, you know, they come over and they're ready to play no matter what tour they're, they're coming from. You know, there's really not a big learning curve. Um, 
we're seeing really strong results from our Epson graduates straight out of the gates. Um, you know, Austin Kim, who is a Vanderbilt, uh, recent Vanderbilt graduate who played a year or two on Epson. Um, she had an amazing top 10 finish last week, and that's her first event, you know, of the season as an LPGA player. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. And, you know, we're seeing a lot more of that. And I just think the competition is the best that it's ever been. I mean, uh, the event last week was incredible. You know, you have Nellie trying to win in her hometown. Lydia is attempting to get that last point for the Hall of Fame. You know, you can't really awesome. script a better storyline than that, if I'm being honest. And I think we're going to be seeing a lot of that this year. It's nice to see Lydia playing well. Um, so I think like all of those, we have these young stars, Lilia Vu and four wins last year, Celine Boutier and four wins last year. I mean, we haven't really seen multiple um, winners on tour, you know, that powerful in a while. You know, Jin Young Ko definitely over the course of years and Lydia over the course of years have provided multiple win seasons. But it's good to see, you know, two different players also providing that last year. And I think we'll, we'll definitely be seeing a lot more of that. Do you think, Maria, in, in any way, has the women's game been given a buy? And what I mean by that is, if you look at, for better or for worse, the barbs and arrows that the men's side of the game has had to deal with, with the potential association and then the association mm-hmm. with from Live with Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, the women's side of the game has the Aramco series that is coming mm-hmm. from that same fund. But I, I, what I wonder is, on the men's side of the game, the critics will say, well, this is about greed. On the women's side of the game, are they getting a buy because the women's side of the game so-called needs the money? Where do you fall on this? Yeah, it's it's tricky. I mean, I think we still definitely need to improve upon our purses exponentially. You know, there are some events um, that, you know, and then not necessarily a, a event in specifics, but more just if I look at total, um, you know, a, a purse that when I started on tour and there are still some events that purses are maybe have only grown 200, 300, $400,000 over the course of, of 10 years. I'm not saying an individual event specifically, but I'm just saying events that are popping up on the schedule. Um, I still think the bar needs to be set a fair bit higher. So it seems like Aramco is kind of pushing that a little bit. You know, the event that is going to happen in um, Saudi in a couple of weeks, I believe, will be played for $5 million. I don't know if it's increased from last year, but last year it was played for $5 million. Uh, you know, that that is a, a big purse for um, a, a regular event that's that's not a major championship. And, you know, the whole politics of it, it is super tricky, and that's not really something that I want to I want to really get into. But I think if we can look at it as a way to kind of push the purse envelope, um, I think that's probably good and healthy across the board. I think we need to keep kind of striving to be playing for more money outside of the major championships. The majors have really stepped it up in the last like four or five years. I mean, it's been exponential growth and it's been incredible to see, you know, playing for a $10 million purse at the U S open. That's just, that's on, that's, it's incredible. And that's where it needs to, to be and that's where it, it's like the baseline is set and I think that's only going to continue to go up you know over the next five years ten years but I really think it's the kind of the remaining core of, of what we're doing um, that kind of needs to get you know pushed up and you know we see what Terry Duffy with CME group did at the tour championship at the end of the year I mean and he's been doing that for a good 
portion of almost 10 years now with first place prize money being something that we had never seen in any major championship. And so he kind of like set a bar there that, um, you know, the rest of the events needed need to follow. And I think it's great that we have our five majors, our tour championship. I would really love to see a few more events um, kind of in that ballpark, whether they're equivalents of a world golf championship or, or something along the lines where, the girls are playing for big bucks that are that it's outside of a major championship and it's outside of our tour championship and i think that would garner a lot more attention you know to the sport itself um to the lpga to women's golf all of that and i'm i'm sure we're getting there but um i i still think that you know the aramco thing yeah it, it it's tricky but i i do think it's pushing the the envelope in terms of the amount of money needing to be played for all right, we only have a couple of moments left here, Marina, but I do want to ask you about your sponsors. It's our way of saying thank you for you coming yes. on the show so you can say thank you to them. Yeah, so, I mean, I have uh, Pilot Pen, who has been my sponsor since I turned pro, basically. So we're going on year 12, which is incredible. Um, UKG has been another sponsor of mine for, I think we started in 2019 or 2020, and they're an incredible group to work with. Um, I absolutely love the company, love everything that it stands for in the essence of pay equity, that that's a huge platform for them um, across their employees, but, you know, in sport as well. Um, Christina Thompson at Golf For Her, she's been outfitting me for the latter part of 12 years as well. And we have an unbelievable friendship and relationship. Um, You know, she's a women's online retailer of uh, golf clothes. So you can go online, there's 30, 40 different brands. You can shop how you want. It's super easy, easy returns. Um, you know, it's, it's a great way to shop without needing to go into a pro shop or a Dick's, et cetera. And I also brought on a new sponsor last year. Um, Cove risk securities is an insurance firm outside of Boston. And, their main man, Rich Flaherty, has become a really good friend of mine. He was actually just um, out watching a little bit in, in Bradington last week. But I have a really great team around me, and I, I'm super happy, you know, just with the long-term relationships that I've had with my sponsors and, you know, the new ones that I've developed in the last few years. I think overall I couldn't ask for better people to be around me. And we cannot ask for anything more than for you to come on. Join us every now and then, Marina. Thank you. Because we smile. It's awesome. We wish you the very, very best as you head on down the road. Thank you for your time. Thanks so much. Have a good day. Thanks. Folks, more of the Fairways of Life show coming up right after this. I guess, hello world, huh? (laughs) And with one subtle hello, Tiger began an amazing and unthinkable career. I've done it for 20 years now with with Bridgestone. It allows me to play an aggressive style around the greens, and it's allowed me to win a lot of tournaments. Bridgestone Golf, proud to be part of your journey. 
Boyne Golf provides the ultimate world-class golf destination with 10 championship-caliber courses spanning three resorts. Centered in Michigan's northern Lower Peninsula, the courses are the products of some of the game's masters, including Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross. From the all-inclusive vacation packages, elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled Michigan golf vacation experience. Just log on to boynegolf.com. I think when you're training for other sports or you're what why most people go to the gym is so that they can like have muscles and you know be strong and be healthy and a lot of the reason why they struggle to play golf is their body doesn't move properly for them to be able to hit a golf ball. And when you're training for golf it's a little bit different because you're focused more on flexibility and mobility and being uh, strong in motion. When you're able to kind of have a warm up and have a workout routine and kind of gradually build up to where you're training your body to move properly, yeah, you're going to get a lot of big dividends on the golf course. Easy now. Find your happy place. It's all in the hips. Just tap it in. Yes! Find the latest clubs and apparel at Golf's Happy Place, the PGA Tour Superstore. What if we started a company and the company was under no time constraints, no financial constraints? The one constraint is their clubs had to be exceptional performers and much better than any other alternative. I was told time and again, it'll never work. It worked like a house of fire. And I'll tell you what, I think our customers love it. BXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. Zero Friction introduces the Wheel Pro Push Cart Golf Bag with its revolutionary three-in-one design, supportive legs that spring into action, a comfort grip handle with three locking positions, accessories for the modern golfer enhanced by seven pockets for more storage, and removable all-terrain wheels which slide right into place. The new Zero Friction Wheel Pro Golf Bag checks every box for every golfer. Push, carry, or cart, the decision is yours thanks to Zero Friction. Head to ZeroFriction.com today. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show. Pleasure to have your company. Fun to have Marina on the show. All right, it's right around the corner. AT&T, Pebble Beach, Pro-Am, airtimes tomorrow at 3 p.m. All these times are Eastern. You can find the coverage on Golf Channel, split between Golf Channel and CBS on Saturday and Sunday, 1 p.m., 3 p.m. respectively, but based upon the forecast that Dom told us at the beginning of the show, I'm very much questioning if these times are going to be hard and fast. We shall see. Uh, I will be hosting this week uh, live coverage. In fact, I head out immediately following this show, Thursday and Friday from 11.45 a.m. You can find PGA Tour Live on ESPN Plus, 11.30 a.m. on Saturday and Sunday at 11 a.m. Again, pay close attention to all that because these times are subject to change if that forecast is as harsh as they are anticipating. PGA Tour Radio, you can hear in the app. You can hear on the PGA Tour website. You can also hear on National Satellite Service Sirius XM at 1 p.m. the first two days, 2 p.m. on Saturday, and 1 p.m. on Sunday. So as our platforms continue to expand for the Fairways of Life show, uh, now uh, featured also on Golf Channel, we thought we'd give you a little bit of background in terms of who we are and how we got to doing 
what we are doing now on a daily basis and absolutely love having the opportunity to speak to and share the experience with so many of you and with the world's very best players. I started out for me on the green grass side of the game. Uh, I've, I've worked in golf for my entire life. Although when I graduated college, I had this infatuation with radio. I just thought it was an amazing medium. And my first job out of school was at ESPN, where I worked in production. It didn't last too long for me, a few years, because I was the game kept whispering back to me to come back to it. And I worked for a PR and golf uh, television production company. One of their clients was a guy that ran a private label golf club manufacturing company out of Florida, and he had had a heart attack, and they needed help. And so I went down. They said, are you interested? I said, yeah. I went down. I learned manufacturing, ran this manufacturing company. We built clubs for Ram, Wilson, Nicholas, McGregor, all these different lines. And it was at that time that I started dabbling and doing TV work with Golf Channel as their industry insider back in those days. Uh, And then during that time, I went back to the Greens grass side of the game. My last job professionally was managing the Newport National Golf Club up in Rhode Island before the media side took over. And the media side for me took over in particular in 2015 when I signed a contract with NBC Sports and Golf Channel. And we decided thereafter to independently syndicate the Fairways of Life show through digital radio and then what became television and streaming television. We syndicated it as a national television broadcast uh, two years ago. And then, of course, now uh, featured on Golf Channel as well on a daily basis and still continuing our YouTube channel when we're not on here. So it's all been great fun. It's been an amazing ride. Uh, it's, it's, it's been an honor to be with all of you guys. In the middle of all that, I started to write and... Uh, became, thankfully, a New York Times bestselling author through authoring books under this series, Chicken Soup for the Soul. And now most of my books are about golf. Got another one coming out in the spring. Uh, Dominic, I don't remember how many years ago that you started with me. This show started in 2006 as a weekly show on XM Radio before Sirius XM merged. And then it became the daily morning anchor on uh, Sirius XM, PGA Tour Radio, for many years before we took it independently, as noted. So, uh, Dom, you've been with us for a long, long time. Tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, Well, you don't need much about me, but uh, yes, I believe, my math is not great, but I believe that this is the 16th year I've been producing for Matt and producing this program, which you can see some of those horrifically old pictures. Look at all the hair I had. I had so much hair at some point. I mean, it's insane. Uh, but I, I worked at uh, ESPN. I worked at NBC. I worked at Fox. I worked at SiriusXM. I've been doing sports journalism my whole life. And uh, I stumbled into this golf job with Matt, and it's been incredible. Um, some notes that I took yesterday, Matt, that I wanted to share with the audience just to highlight how much we've done. And I didn't realize this until I went through the information. I I did all the math. We have done, you and me, have done 3,400 live shows. 3,400 live shows you and I have done over 16 years. And that's 5,200 hours of shows that you and I have done. And this is very difficult to pin down because you have conducted so many interviews, Matt, but my rough estimate is between 9,500 and 10,000 interviews that you have conducted uh, as host of this program. So we're thrilled with the opportunity and excited to do more live shows 
and more interviews, like today with Marina Alex, which was awesome. Yeah, she she was great. You know, when I started Fairways of Life, it the name comes from a book that I wrote in 2006, which kind of used stories of perseverance from the game of golf. And it was it was kind of a, an ode to chicken soup for the soul, if you will, right? It, so I use these stories of inspiration in terms of how they apply to life at large. And the whole idea of doing this show started with the fact that we have legends in the game that are getting up there in years, and we were worried that they wouldn't be around for many more years moving forward. And we just wanted to capture their stories in a way that they would want to tell them. That's how it all started, and that's what's led us to where we are right now. We'll be back uh, with you again if we're spared on Monday and looking forward to that. Remember, tomorrow you can catch John Rahm's press conference on the Fairways of Life YouTube channel. Until we are together again, I hope you guys have a great weekend. Don't forget, live coverage of Pebble Beach starts on Thursday. Live starts on Friday. You guys have a great one. Bye for now.